Good evening and welcome to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7, Spiritual Warfare University. We're delighted to have you with us tonight. And we have an exciting teaching tonight that will bring you up to scratch on what's going on in the world tonight. And it is amazing that we have all the answers in the Bible. But before I bring you that teaching, I'd like to bring a word that the Lord gave me today from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 20. And if you kindly get your Bibles, pens, papers, turn to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20. Our topic tonight, tonight is who wants the new world order more than anybody else? Who wants the new world order? more than anybody else which people wants the new world order more than anybody else all right let's get right into proverbs chapter 1 and verse 20 it's a call it's a warning and it says wisdom is calling out in the street wisdom raises her voice in the public squares she cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city gates. She asks the question, how long, foolish ones, will you love ignorance? The word ignorance means lack of knowledge. How long will you love lack of knowledge? How long will you mockers enjoy mocking and you fools hate knowledge if you respond to my warning then i will pour out my spirit on you and teach you my words since i called out and you refused extended my hand and no one paid attention since you neglected all my counsel and did not accept my correction i in turn will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when trouble and stress overcome you, what did it say? I'm going to mock you. I'm going to laugh at you because you neglected wisdom. Verse 28, then they will call me, but I won't answer. They will search for me, but won't find me because they hated knowledge they didn't choose to fear the lord they were not interested in my counsel and rejected all my correction they will eat the fruit of their way and be glutted with their own schemes for the turning away of the inexperienced will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them but whoever listens to me will live securely and be free from the fear of danger ah that's verse 33 proverbs chapter 1 i just read from verses 20 through 33 proverbs chapter 1 and wisdom, it says, is calling out, but had no takers. Here the Lord says, because you, you did not desire wisdom, well, you're going to pay the consequence. Hosea uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. My people are destroyed. God is saying this, my people, his people, they are destroyed because they lack knowledge. The destruction of God's people comes from the lack of knowledge. They do not spend enough time in the word of God. They do not spend enough time gathering wisdom. And this is what God is saying is going on today. Most people are so busy, they have no time to do anything, work, this, that. When they do stuff, they do stuff that is contrary to the Bible and to the Word of God. So here we have 
the solution to the problems that is going on today. Here we have God telling how people should prepare themselves to endure and go through the very, very tribulation, tribulation times that is ahead and here right now. So God has given his people the answers, the solution of what to do and how to do it. So this is what we're doing right now. We're teaching how to prepare yourself, teaching you how to make sure that you are able to endure what we're in right now and take this journey to the very end. This is going to be a journey of understanding, but it's going to be also a journey of dire distress, tribulation, lamentations. It's going to be a rough journey. We're seeing what's going on across the nations of the world right now. We can see the horror, the hate, the revenge going on, and we don't know exactly what to do. Well, the Bible tells you what to do. Lock yourself down. Go in your room. Pull the covers over your head and begin to pray. Lock yourself up with the Lord. Begin declaring his word. It is written. It is written. And when you declare that it is written, the Lord will become a shield around you. He'll lift up your head. He'll become your glory. He'll shine all around you. Nothing shall harm you because the Lord is with you. And if we follow what the word says, everything will be all right. We will be able to endure and there will be no lack. Everything will be cool. Take no fear because God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power. Mm-hmm. Power is the opposite of fear. And because you do not fear and you operate from a spirit of power, nothing shall harm you. Nothing shall touch you. You're going to make it true. But you need to understand and know who you are, what you are, how to do it. And this is where Bible Code 7 comes in. Teaching you, bringing you understanding of what is going on and how to get through with the sword of the Spirit, the word of the living God. Let's go to what we started with now. Who wants the new world order more than anybody else? Who desires to bring on the new world order more than anybody else? Well, go back again to what I taught you before. Take a look at the dollar bill. You will see on the U.S. dollar bill, you will see the back of it. You will see a pyramid. And you will see underneath that seal, it says Novus Ordo Seclorum. New order of the ages. That is Latin. The new order of the ages. This is where it comes from. Where? On the American dollar bill. The back of it. The pyramid. The top with the capstone. And the all-seeing eye. It's been on there since 1936. And it was designed from 1878. This has been their plan, and this is the working of their plan to bring that into fulfillment. This is no secret. It's out in the open. It's an open secret. Most people, they don't even realize it. Matter of fact, let me go on to say that most people don't even bother with cash now. They pay everything by card. They tap your phone, and this is how transactions are made. Well. Nobody desires and no one is bringing on the New World Order more than America. America is the chief pusher of the New World Order. Oh, well, by God, we're the nation of free. Really, really, you better wake up and smell the coffee. Jesus said, see that you be not deceived. And one of the things that's going on in America today, and this is what you see going on in the world, Recently, the borders of Ukraine and the borders of Israel are paramount and more important than the U.S. borders. American border and the South, people are coming in from all over the world. Anybody and everybody coming in, bringing in backpacks. What's in the backpack? Well, you know, one person could have a component of something and another person have another component, another one have another component. When they get all over America, when they get here, they put it all together. And before you know it, harm is done to America. 
And they're coming in by the millions, not the hundreds, not the thousands. They're coming in from all over the world. All the nations that hate America, they're coming in, they're coming in, they're coming in. But yet they do nothing about the southern border. Borders with Mexico and Texas, Arizona, and all those border states, California, they do nothing about it. They talk, but they do nothing. And they allow all these millions of people. So far, about 8 million people have come across. And what, who they are, most of them are not known. Where they're going, nobody knows. How many people got away, no one knows. What did they come to do? Well, most of them are not are coming. Well, most of them are coming to get a job. They're coming to work. The American dream. Any kind of job. But some of them are not coming to work. So here we see the borders of Ukraine, the borders of Israel. Money, billions of dollars are slated for Ukraine and Israel are taking precedent over the borders of America. You cannot come to America and come to an airport or a seaport without a passport, visa, documentation here, there, and everywhere, identification. But you can come through the border over Mexico and just walk across. And if you have someone set up to meet you, you can come right over, bring anything in, and you will be fine. They won't even know. They're finding people on the no-fly list, on the terror list, coming across the border. This is what's going on today. So, the borders of America, leave it open. Is there a reason why? Well, let's take a look in the Bible. Let's go to Jeremiah 51. I taught you this one before. America has been set up by God to be infiltrated by men. Why is God set up America to be infiltrated by people? Well, God has it in for America, and he says, that's the reason why you need to get my last book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. You need to get that book and read that book and see the revelations of God. See what God reveals. See what the word of God says is going to happen. God says, this is what I am going to do. I'm going to bring this nation to destruction. And the reasons why are there. And we are to understand, you need to know. You're not supposed to be in the dark. You're not supposed to be ignorant of this. Proverbs chapter 1, 20 through 33. If you lack knowledge, you're going to get chewed up. You won't know what hit you. You won't know what's going on. That's why I want to inform you so you know what's going on. Listening to the voice of God so when the time comes, he will tell you, get up and run. Something is going down. So you get up and you leave. So why did God set up the borders of America to be infiltrated by men? Because his word says so. America has already been infiltrated at the top, the leadership top. And the leaders are leading America astray. They have been taken over by spies and men who are leading, that are there to lead America down the tube. The Bible teaches us that. The Bible reveals that. So we know what's going on in America is that it is set up to be destroyed. And the men who are there to destroy it have already been positioned at the top, top, top to bring about the destruction. I don't believe that all the leaders up there in Washington, D.C. have the best interests of the nation at heart. Don't believe that. God has positioned his men there. He has positioned leaders there. And what are they going to do? They're going to lead the nation astray because God has vowed, I'm going to destroy. That's why you need to get that book. You ought to see what God has said and why he's going to destroy it. We would have healed Babylon, but Babylon cannot be healed. You need to know it. You need to have that scripture. You need to have that word. So get that book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. Now let me go on. Jeremiah 51, if you turn your Bibles there, you will take a look and you will see. 
Jeremiah 51 and the 14th verse. Jeremiah 51, 14th verse. Jeremiah is outlining in the 51st chapter every detail how God is going to bring down Babylon, what he's going to do, and why he's going to get the job done. All the scriptures that God gives in the Bible, yeah, it's there in Isaiah, it's here, it's there in Jeremiah, it's there in Zephaniah, what God has said he's going to do to Babylon and why. It's in the Bible. And don't believe for a moment that it's not God because the proof is there and I show you that. And I correlate what God says with who the U.S. is and what's going on today. So Jeremiah 51 and verse 14 says, The Lord of hosts had sworn by himself. Look at that. I swear by myself. God could not find anyone greater to swear by, so he what? He swore by himself, I will fill you with men. I will bring men into you like a Trojan horse, just the same manner as caterpillars. What does a caterpillar come to do? Have you ever seen a caterpillar in a pepper tree? I have. You give a caterpillar in a pepper tree a good day, two days, small pepper tree, it will eat that thing down, nothing will grow there again. He will eat the little tips, he will eat the skin, the bark of the thing, the little branches. Nothing will grow there. That's what the men will come to do, like caterpillars. They shall lift up a shout against you. What does it mean to lift up a shout? In other words, they'll be here like... Uh, uh, spies. They'll be here like a select group of spies. They'll be here like a, a, a secret group. A secret group sent here, and they're here, hidden. And when they get a signal, they know that this is the signal. They're going to lift up a shout. They're coordinated. When that signal comes, they will all act together, and they will come against America. It will be like a Tet Offensive. Now, most people don't know what a Tet Offensive was or what a Tet Offensive is. Tet Offensive was what happened in Saigon. Saigon is in South Vietnam. During the Vietnamese War, when America was fighting North Vietnam, and they were there in South Vietnam protecting the South Vietnamese government and holding it up. The North Vietnamese got everybody together. They infiltrated into South Vietnam. They got so many people there. And one day, everybody and everything rose up in a Tet Offensive, and they began to cause all manner of terror in one day. They acted in one time in unison. And what did they do? They attacked everything and everybody. All hell broke loose. That's the right phrase to say that. All hell broke loose. Well, there's coming a day. This is the word of the Lord. God says all hell is going to break loose. They will lift up a shout against you. That's old-fashioned language to say that everybody is going to shout at a given time, a given moment, and they're going to shout. We don't know when. Could happen today, tomorrow, next week. Don't know when. But God says in his word, it's going to happen. And with what's going on today, and people taking sides, and people going about and saying, I'm of this side, and I'm of that side, this is what is going to happen. So this is ordained to happen in the nation that is ordained to become the nation of the new world order. God says, that's what you want. That's what you're going to get. But I'm going to bring you down. And I'm going to bring you down to destruction. This is what you want and you desire. But hey, listen, I am God and I'm going to do, I'm going to decide what I am going to do. You don't get what you want. I determine what you are going to get. Judgment belongs to me and I will do the payback. So don't come and tell us and tell me and make a dictate and a rule to me, the living God, what you want. 
your wickedness and your evil has reached before me and it's a stench in my nostrils. And God says the judgment of God is going to be poured out upon you. God is from everlasting to everlasting. He is God. No nation is there immune from God's reach. And as he has destroyed nations and empires before, he will destroy any empire that rises up against him. And so has America. And by the way, you have heard me say so many times, the longest lasting empire was 250 years. Two and three nations, actually. Spain, Spanish Empire, the British Empire. Britain was a world empire. And there was the Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire was Turkey, Turkey today. They lasted 250 years as a ruler of the earth. They dominated every other nation. Now America has, as an empire has 247 years since July 4th this year. It will be 250 years, July 4th, 2026. Will it reach 250? Don't know. Don't know. What we do know is that the Lord has a plan, and he stipulates that in his word. And what are we seeing? We're seeing the signs of the times. We're seeing what's coming here, what's happening. We see all of what God stipulated in his word coming to pass. And when it comes to pass, we can say, yeah, here was the word being fulfilled today. Anytime I read news and I see what's going on, guess what? Lord, show me. See that word? See what's going on? That's the fulfillment of my word. Fulfillment of my word. Fulfillment of my word. So here God is telling us, this is what's going to go on. So no matter how you see America jumping all over the world, sending warships and uh, uh, aircraft carriers and a carrier group. A carrier group is an aircraft carrier with about seven, six or seven warships around it with missiles, bombs, and of course they throw in a submarine or two under the water. So no matter what you see going on, God says this is what's going to happen. Don't believe for a moment that the show of power and strength intimidates God or is going to stop the work, the word of God. Don't follow that. Because God is going to get his job done no matter how you look at it. God can do anything and he can bring about any calamity, catastrophe to destroy anyone who rises up against them. So as much as they desire to be the new world order nation, and they go all over the world to exert and influence power, guess what? The real power is in heaven with God. And of course, we on earth, we are what? The footstool of God. So he sits in heaven, but he's connected to the earth, because guess what? The earth is his footstool. Now let's get back to something that's going on today. We are seeing what's going on in Israel and Hamas. And we see, uh, if we were to do a little uh, explanation, everything is happening inside Israel. The place called Gaza is inside and a part of Israel. Now you have Gaza, inside of Gaza, which is a 25 mile long, 25 miles long, seven miles wide strip of land. It is surrounded on two sides by barbed wire fences, walls on the Israeli side. They surround it with complete barbed wires and walls. The third side is the border with Egypt. There is a border with Egypt to the south. So the people cannot leave there and go into Egypt as they wish. There's a little bridge that they have to cross over. And they have to pass through customs and immigration. And they only do so under very stringent conditions. And right now the border is closed. So nobody can leave Gaza and go into Egypt. So they are surrounded on three sides with walls. And the 
other side is the Mediterranean Ocean. So they can't go anywhere. The little fishing boat they have and they're trying to leave, they can't leave. It was referred to as an open-air prison by none other than Bernie Sanders. He's a senator in America. I've never heard that statement before, but he said so. And since then, I've seen more people call it an open-air prison. Now, what is going on in Israel? We saw the heinous terrorism of Hamas, which are a Palestinian, Palestinian group. The circumstances, how they got into Israel, there was a stand down. They pulled away the security. And they, they got into Israel and they terrorized and they murdered, slaughtered 260 people and said that over 1,400 dead Israelis died. They are, went in there on a reign of terror. They shot, killed, murdered, and they did a terrible, heinously terrible act of terrorism upon the Israeli people, anyone they found inside of Israel. And then what happened was Israel responded, and there was the perpetual vengeance. Israel responded. Israel has killed so far over 3,000 people with over 10,000 people wounded. How did they respond? They responded with bombs. They bombed the buildings. So terror was responded to by terror. Murder by murder. Goes back to what the Bible says, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You kick me, I kick you back. So where did all this start? I started to tell you and teach you that you have two sons of Abraham. Father Abraham, you remember him? Daddy Abraham and Sarah. Well, Abraham's first son is Ishmael. The second son was Isaac. Now we all know the story was Isaac was born when Abraham was very old. He was 100 years old. His wife Sarah was 90 years old. And when they had him, there was a celebration. And I taught you just last week, there was Ishmael. Ishmael was a 14-year-old lad. And there was a celebration when Isaac was born and he was weaned. And the Bible says that Ishmael was, Ishmael was mocking at the celebration. And Sarah said, get rid of the bondwoman and get rid of this boy. Get rid of Ishmael. And God spoke to Father Abraham and said, yes, do as your wife told you. I'll take care of Ishmael. But let's go to where God said when Ishmael was born, what Ishmael was going to become. So let's go to Genesis, the 16th chapter, and we'll take a look at the 12th verse. Genesis 16 and verse 12. Genesis, the 16th chapter. And let's see what the Bible says. We're not doing anything by conjecture. We're going by what the Bible says dictates to us. So in the 16th chapter of Genesis, the 12th verse, it tells us who Ishmael was and who gave Ishmael, Hagar's son, the name Ishmael. God did. Who gave him the name? God did. When God appeared to Hagar, it says, you shall call this boy Ishmael. What does Ishmael mean? I have seen his affliction. So here we have God naming Ishmael, and God spoke and said, this is who he will be, and this is who he will become. In the 12th verse, Genesis 16 says, he will be a wild man. Ishmael will be a wild man. He'll become a wild man. This was before Ishmael was born. This is the word of God. This is what the angel revealed to Hagar while she was pregnant with Ishmael. He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. So Ishmael is a wild man. His hand is against every man and every man's hand is against him. 
So he is going to be fighting everybody and everybody's going to be fighting him. So God prophesied this in the Bible. So when Ishmael began to do certain things and certain, and he has a certain nature, where did that nature come from? The Bible revealed that. But we cannot run circles around this. We can't dress this up. We have to understand that we're dealing with a wild man here because the Bible says so. His hands are going to be against every man, and every man's hand is going to be against him. And this is what God says. So we're dealing with Ishmael right here. And there's a, and this was Abraham, Father Abraham's first son, 14 years before he had the second son, Isaac. And what are we seeing today? We're seeing the descendants of Ishmael battling the descendants of Isaac. The descendants of Ishmael, they have Palestinians and the Arabic people, and they are against the Jewish people, the sons of Isaac. So, now, we know that Isaac means the child of laughter, and we know that Isaac, uh, we can see certain traits in Isaac, but we want to see exactly what comprises the people. Because as we go, we know Father Abraham had one son, his name was Isaac, with his, with his wife Sarah. He had a first son, Ishmael. Then he had Isaac, the son of promise. Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And you know the story about Esau and Jacob. Jacob tricked Esau and stole the birthright from him. And Jacob now had uh, Jacob now he had the birth the birthright. He was not the firstborn, but he stole the birthright. So he stole the, the right of being the firstborn and the firstborn rights from Esau. Now Jacob had twelve sons. And we've got to understand that he worked for two women, Leah and Rebecca. He worked with his 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 his, his uncle, Laban. Laban tricked him and gave him, he loved Leah and he was working Leah. Leah was a beautiful girl. Well, you know, in back those days, they didn't have electric lights. And the women wore uh, veils over their faces and they covered up. So when he was about to get married, uh, Laban tricked him and said, uh, I'm going to give him a Leah instead of a Rachel. So he never knew what happened that he had Leah sleeping with, consummating the marriage that night on the honeymoon. That night, he thought he was having a wonderful time with Rachel, the girl he loved, the pretty one. When he got up in the morning and he could see, he said, oh, my God, I got a Leah. And he was angry. He says, why did you give me Leah? I worked seven years for you. Rachel, and you substituted Leah. And then he said, now listen, my son, let me straighten you out, boy. It's not the custom of our uh, the time and our day uh, to give the uh, second born before the first born. So take the first born. Be happy with Leah. She's a good girl. And come, come over here. Work for me another seven years, and then you can have Rebecca. So Laban tricked him. Why? Because he was a trickster. What you saw, you read. And he tricked him. And now he has to work seven more years with the girl he loved, Rachel. And he did. My, 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 what love will make you do? So he worked. And he got his girl, Leah, after 14 years. He worked a total of 20 years to Laban. Now he was very rich. God made him rich. God allowed him to get rich. And now he left, and he went on his own. So now Jacob started to have sons with Leah and Rebekah. And then now the same thing that Sarah did, Abraham's wife, is the same thing his two wives did. Rachel stopped bearing, and she gave uh, uh, Jacob her handmaiden. She gave Jacob her handmaiden, and he had 
sons with the handmaid. So don't believe that the 12 tribes and 12 sons, they're all children of Leah and Rebekah. No! They are also of the 12, they are handmaiden sons in there. Where did the handmaiden come from? They're Assyrians or Assyrians. Because they had their handmaidens from this place called Syria, where Laban was. So Jacob not only had sons, and uh, and he doesn't, doesn't mention the daughters, okay? He had sons. He had 12 sons. Who did he have him with? He had him with Leah. He had sons with Rebecca, And he had sons with Leah's handmaid. Hmm? You might call her a concubine or a handmaid. And he had sons with also Rebecca's handmaid. So he had about four sons that were not with the wives, Rebecca or Leah. So just so you know, the 12 sons that Jacob had, patriarchs of the 12 tribes, there are some handmaidens in there. What an awesome God. So they are not always are all of Leah and Rebecca. You have some outsiders also who are the sons of handmaidens. Guess what? God loved them. Now when Jacob was about to die, Jacob called his sons together. I want to show you something interesting because I want to show you the nature of the sons of Jacob. I told you the nature of Daddy Abraham's son Ishmael, he's a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand is going to be against him. Now, again, Jacob had 12 sons, and he was blessing his sons, and he pronounced blessings on them. And he blessed a son named Judah, and he told him, The scepter shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Judah means praise. Judah means what? Praise. That's where Jesus came from. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the Bible says the scepter, the, the, you know what a scepter is? The rod of authority. King Charles, when he was uh, being coronated, he had a golden scepter in his hand, a, a staff, an ornate designed thing. It's called a scepter. Like this, it's, it's the equivalent of the rod. The scepter, the rod of authority, shall not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Who's Shiloh? Shiloh is Jesus. God said, The scepter, the rod of authority, will not leave the tribe of Judah till Jesus comes. So, the tribe of Judah has Jesus as the one that came. When he came, he is now what? king. He carries the rod. He carries the scepter. And we told you that Jesus would come and he would be the one that takes over and unites all the tribes and everybody. Matter of fact, he unites the whole world. How did, how did he do so? When he gave up the ghost, the Bible says the veil of the temple was ripped from top to the bottom exposing the Holy of Holies, which should never be exposed. Only the high priest was allowed to go in the Holy of Holies once per year. But now it's exposed, inviting all men to come in. No matter your nationality, your race, your ethnicity, your age, your color, where you come from, you're all invited to come in and come to Jesus and find salvation. God receives all people. But let me get back to what I'm talking about and what I want to show you tonight. In Genesis, the 49th chapter, I'm going to invite you to turn there. Genesis, the 49th chapter. We want to look at the first verse because I want to show you some of the characteristics of the sons of Jacob. Genesis 49, verse 1. Jacob was about to bless his 12 sons. He knew he was going to die, and the Bible said he strengthened himself on his bed, and he knew he was about to die. And he says, come, I want to bless you. I want to speak of fatherhood, blessing over you. I want to bless you. 
before I die. And he began to prophesy. Now, verse 1 says, Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I might tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. In other words, I'm prophesying and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the last days. I'm going to tell you what you will become, what's going to become of you. So here we have Jacob is being established by the Bible as what? A prophet. He's prophesying. And now he comes to verse 5. You can read the rest of the chapter yourself. In verse 5, it says, Simeon and Levi, they're two brothers. They work together. They move together. Their instruments of cruelty are in their habitation, in their dwelling places. In other words, these are two very cruel brothers, Simeon and Levi. Now, Simeon is, uh, you know, just one of regular guys, a, a tribe of Simeon. He would start a tribe of Simeon. And Levi was another person. From Levi, we get what? The priesthood. Moses was a Levite. They're all priests that come from the tribe of Levi. You know, like the rabbis, the priests, the priesthood. And God said, these two brothers, in their habitation, in their dwelling, in their uh, 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 psyche, in their mind, and this has come down generationally, from generation to generation, they are brethren, they work together. They are instruments of what? Cruelty. Simeon and Levi, look at the verse 5 one more time. Simeon and Levi are instruments of cruelty. And it's in their what? Dwelling places. It's in their nature. It's in their DNA, their spiritual DNA. This is their nature. And this is the father, Jacob, telling them. Verse 6, it says, O my soul, do not come into their secret, into their assembly. Do not enter into their council. May I never join their assembly. I don't want to go into their assembly. As a father, he said, I reject their council and I reject their assembly. Why? Because they're cruel. Extremely cruel. That's another word for cruel. They're wicked. This is what the daddy is saying. And then he goes on, he says in verse 6, Be not united with them for their anger. In their anger, they kill people. In their anger, they kill men. The King James says, In their anger, they slew a man. But if you read the other versions, you will see it says, in their anger, in their wrath, they kill people because they are angry. They cannot control their temper. And in their self-will. And in their what? Self-will. They dig down a wall. That's what the King James says. Another version says, in a whim, they hamstring oxen. What does it mean to dig down a wall? They will not stop. If they have to tear down a wall, they will tear down a wall to get to their enemies and kill them. That's how bad their anger is. They hamstrung an oxen. What does it mean to hamstring an oxen? Well, if you look at your back and your heel, it's called the Achilles tendon. And if you cut the Achilles tendon, you'll never walk again. You'll need crutches for the rest of your life. Well, look at the back of a cow. You know, the back leg, that fat, meaty part of the cow at the bottom near the eye of the cow before you see the hoof. There is a tendon there. What they would do is they would take a machete or a knife or a sword and chop that tendon. That's what it means to hamstring an oxen. That oxen will never walk again. That oxen can never be used to plow a field again. That oxen is good for nothing but to be made steaks out of and soup. 
So in their anger, 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 in their anger, anger. And we remember, remember now, Moses was a Levite. You remember Moses? God told him, speak to the rock. And he's, you know, hit the rock the first time. And then God told him, speak to the rock. But when the people made him mad, what did he do? In his anger, he struck the rock, bow with his rod. And what did God say? Because of your anger, Moses, you will not get in the promised land. You will go up to Mount Pisgah, you will overlook it, and you'll see what you're not getting in. Why? Your anger. So there is an anger problem in the tribe of Simeon and in the tribe of Levi, the priests, the rabbis. They have no anger management. It's a generational curse that comes down from Simeon and Levi. And you can look in the Bible and you see it right here. Let's go back to verse 1 again. Genesis 49. Jacob called his sons together and said, Gather yourself, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Look up the word last days. Are you seeing the anger today? 2023? Are you seeing the outpouring of anger, revenge, revenge? Are you seeing the outpouring today? Then he says again, verse 5, Simeon and Levi are brethren, they are instruments of cruelty, are in their dwelling places. It's generational, the generational thing. They can't manage anger. May I never enter their council. May I never join their assembly. This is what their father is saying. I don't want to be a part of their council, neither their assembly. For in their anger, they kill men. And in a whim, a fancy, they will hamstring oxen or dig down a wall to kill men. Verse 7, Jacob blessing his sons. He said, cursed be their anger, for it was fierce. And their wrath, for their wrath, it was cruel. Fierce anger, cruel wrath. Have you seen those words? Does that help to make you understand what you're going through today? Do you understand these two sons of of, of, of Jacob? Do you understand what's going on in Israel today? Let's look up the word. You cannot escape the word. He says, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So they are scattered about the people. Now, not everybody in Israel is like this. No, but they are scattered in Israel. Look at the word. It says, I will scatter them in Israel. So there is a faction. There is two tribes out of 12 tribes who are what? Full of anger. And they are extremely wicked. They are cruel. Hmm. And this is what we're seeing going on today. We're seeing an extremely virulent establishment in Israel today. The government is extremely radical, virulently cruel, angry. And this is what we're seeing today. And this is the two brothers we see. The descendants of what? Ishmael and the descendants of Israel. Now, not all of Israel is like this. These were only two out of 12. Their anger is cursed. It is strong. Their fury, it is cruel. I will disperse them throughout Jacob and scatter them throughout Israel. So let me make a statement here so you all understand here. These are only two out of 12. So what does that mean? It means you're going to have some of the nicest people. But yet you have two of them. That are very, very wicked, evil, wicked to the bone, cruel. This is what we're seeing. The wicked are in charge. The wicked are in control. The nice ones are not in control. And my God, let me tell you something. You have some very, very nice people of the 12 tribe, of the Jewish people. Extremely nice. They'll give you the shirt off your back. And them of the tribe of Judah, those are mostly where the Christians come in. They are Christians. They believe in Yeshua, Jesus. They don't call themselves Christians. They call them Messianic Jews, but that's okay. They have accepted Jesus as Messiah. But Simeon and many of the Levites, uh uh-uh. Not so. 
But again, not every one of them fit this scripture. Okay? Just want to make sure that you know and you understand that. But you are dealing with a faction. Levites and Simeonites that have come down the generational line today and they've come down with that generational curse. Why do you call it a curse, Bishop? Because their anger is cursed. Verse 7, Jacob said, Cursed be their anger. It was fierce and their wrath. Their wrath is cruel. He cursed their anger and he cursed their what? Wrath. He didn't curse them. Their anger and their wrath is cursed. Let's get that straight. He said, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So this is not what all the Jewish people, the sons of Isaac, are like. But you've got to understand who you're dealing with. You see, if you don't know what you're dealing with and who you're dealing with, you won't know how to deal. And I want you to understand what's going on today. Two different factions, and they're opposed to each other. Now I want to tell you who you are and what you should be like. The Bible says we're of the tribe of Judah. We are the tribe. We have been engrafted in. We are now able to go come in and cry, Abba, Father. We're not physical. We're the spiritual. God told Father Abraham, look up in the night sky. Your sons are going to be like what? The stars in the night sky. And then it's going to be like what? The sand on the seashore. In other words, your descendants physically that can trace their DNA physically is going to be like the sand on the seashore. The physical people. Millions and millions and millions of them. But look up in the night sky. Those are the spiritual ones. We are united with Daddy Abraham because we're spiritual. And we have come in through Jesus, the Messiah of Nazareth. We're not able to cry, Abba, Father. So here we are in the tribe of Judah because what? Jesus is the king. The scepter shall not depart from Judah till Shiloh come. Jesus is that Shiloh. And we are who? We are in Jesus. We are made to be the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. No man can become righteous. None today without Jesus. Don't tell me you're of this tribe and that tribe. No, 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 no. Since Jesus come, he came to what? Bring all men into righteousness. So everybody of the 12 tribes, none can be righteous except by, with, and through Jesus. Jesus said, John, John 6, 14, he says, I am the way, I'm, John 14, 6, beg your pardon. I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no man can come to the Father but through me. So now, as we come to Jesus, the Bible tells us that the righteous are as what? Bold as a lion. Why? Because we are serving the lion of the tribe of Judah. Where does he live? He is in us. We what? He lives in us. The Bible tells us that we were not given a spirit of fear. We were given a spirit of power and of love, second, and of a third, third sound mind. We have the spirit of what? Power. We have no fear. We're bold like a lion. We have what? Power. But we also have love. And we have sound minds. Some versions say self-control. I'm not going with self-control. I'm saying sound minds. We have what? Sound thinking. We are warriors. That we have a warring spirit. How do we know that? Where do we justify that in the scripture? The Bible says that the Apostle Paul he told his son Timothy, you are to war a good warfare, because if you do not, you will encounter shipwreck. And Paul, after he had warred and he was about to die, what was the first thing he said? I have fought a good fight. I have warred good warfare. So what he said, he did. And the church had better wake up because the church is sleeping. The church of Jesus Christ is sleeping. We're too, we're pacifists. 
We don't want warfare. We, oh. uh, we don't want warfare. We don't want any, we don't want no problem. Well, you don't want problem, but the devil is bringing problem to you. I know all about that. I didn't bother nobody when I became a Christian. I thought I was home and everything was just peaches and cream, ice cream, nice, juicy. Uh-uh. The devil brought war to me and made me understand, you better wake up, boy. Now you become a Christian, you got a bullseye on your back. And the fiery darts of hell is going to be thrown at you. You better be in warfare because if you're not, you're going to be the devil's doormat, his dartboard, his punching bag. You cannot be the head and not the tail. You cannot be on top and not beneath without warfare. So you better wake up and smell the coffee if you want to become all you or be all you can be in Jesus. Psalm 7, verse 6. Turn your Bibles there, please. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to start on this next week, Thursday. I'm going to teach you this. Psalm 7 and verse 6. Jesus told us, he said, the kingdom of God suffered or allows violence and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. And those who are advancing the kingdom were doing so by what? Force. You've got to become violent spiritually violent. Be angry and don't sin. I want to show you something here. and I'm going to leave you with this for you to ponder. Psalm 7 verse 6, it says, Arise, O Lord, in your what? Anger. Rise up in your anger. In your anger. Lift up yourself because of the rage of my enemies and awake from me to the judgment that you have commanded. Get up, God, and save me. Verse 9, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Let what? The wickedness of the wicked. Let it come to an end. But establish, anchor, plant securely, root the just. Those who have been justified by faith. Those who have no sin. We're in Jesus. For the righteous God trieth the hearts and the reins. Let the evil of the wicked people come to an end. But establish the just. You know what he was doing, the psalmist was doing here? He was engaging in word warfare. The one who examines the thoughts and emotions is a righteous God. Get up, God, and defend me. Come to my rescue. And verse 10, my defense is of God, which saved the upright in heart. God, you're my defense. This is a warfare. I cannot see the enemy. We can only see physical things. You cannot see a demon. You don't know where your enemies come from. You think sometimes it's John Brown that hates you when it's Sue Smith that hates you. Where is Sue Smith? Halfway around the world. Who is Sue Smith? She's a witch. Do you know her? Never heard of her before. But she knows you. So you don't know your enemy. So don't go by people and people's names. Go by what? The word of God declares. Just say your prayers, declare the word, and leave God the righteous judge to do what he's got to do, okay? That's just how it goes. So he goes on, he says, my defense is of God. My shield is with God, who saves the upright in heart. I'm an upright heart person. I'm a believer in Jesus. I do my very best to serve God. And verse 11, God is, God judgeth the righteous. God is angry with the wicked every single day. God judges the righteous. He's a righteous judge. He's a what? God is a righteous judge. But God is angry with his, the wicked people every single day. Now listen, let me ask you the question. Are you angry with wicked people and wickedness? Their wickedness, their evil, every day like God? Are you? If not, why not? 
You're supposed to be your father's child. If God is angry with wickedness, so ought you to be angry with wickedness. What God hates, Norman hates. What God loves, Norman loves. If God is angry with wickedness, so am I. If God is angry with the wicked every day, me too. Yeah, me too. I go to bed angry. I get up angry. With who? You precious people? Uh-uh. With my wife? Uh-uh. My, my loved ones, my children, with uh, uh, my neighbor? No, 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 no. Only with the wicked. People say nasty things about you. Let them speak all they want. You say nasty stuff about me, I send it back to you. I'm not going to take your nasty stuff. Send it back to you sevenfold. I will not take your nasty stuff. You say nasty stuff about me, it's like throwing dirt on me or throwing sewer on me. Mm -mm. I send it right back to your sevenfold. So God is angry with the wicked every single day. Are you angry with the wicked every day? If not, why not? Today is the day when you need to become angry every day with the wicked. And I close with this. Hosea, the sixth chapter and the fifth verse. Hosea 6 and verse 5. I want to close out with this tonight. You've had enough. Hosea 6, 5. Give you time to get there. Hosea. Book of Hosea. Old Testament Hosea. Number 6, verse 5. This is God speaking. Therefore, have I chopped them down. I have chopped them in pieces by the prophets. I use my prophets. Those who declare my words to chop people down. Who? Who are you chopping down, God? The wicked. I cut them down. I trim them to size. I chop their legs off. I chop their hands off. I chop them in pieces. This is the word of God. I didn't write the Bible. I'm only teaching you. Therefore have I hewed them. To hew means I chop them down. I chop them up. By the prophets. I use my prophets to chop up wicked people. I cut them down. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. The words of God's lips. That's why we use the scripture, the sword of the spirit. The, it is written that Jesus showed us what to do. It is written. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. Who? The wicked. And Thy judgments are as the fight, the, the, uh, your judgments are as the light that goes forth. The judgments of God is like light that goes forth. What does light do? Shines in the darkness. The darkness cannot overpower it. God says, my judgments are as what? He compares it to light. Light going forth. I don't want no darkness to walk in. I'll stumble, okay? I don't know about you. I stumble in the dark. I don't do good walking in the dark, but I walk in the light. I can see perfectly well. I can see every obstacle before me. And I want God's judgment to go before me and be light. I want God's word to go before me. Does it sound like a, another scripture? We, a fire goes before him and burns up every enemy round about him. Oh, yes, Lord. I love that. Let the fire go before me, Lord, and burn up every enemy round about me. Every wicked must be burned. Why? I speak the word and I send the word of God before me. When you hear me tell you Psalm 91, declare it all the time over yourself. I'm not joking. I'm not kidding you. I'm not, you're not wasting your time. Well, you know, I'm doing it. And you're looking through physical eyes, okay? You're not looking by faith through spiritual eyes. You're looking through physical eyes. The devil is about to deceive and say it's not working because guess what? You're hammering him with fire. The word of God is what? Fire. And you want that fire going, in, going out before you, burning up and destroying every single enemy round about you. That's the only way the church of Jesus Christ is going to make it till Jesus returns. With what's going on today, the war between brothers and what's going on, all the hatred and the hostility, you're not going to make it unless you learn warfare. This is what I'm teaching you.
Bible Code 7, Spiritual Warfare. Learn the strategy, get the understanding of what it's all about. When you do have the understanding and you begin to operate from a position of understanding, you know what you're doing and you understand why you're doing what you're doing, then is when you're not operating in the dark anymore. You're operating in the light. That's where I want you. That's where I desire for you to operate. Jesus loves you, and I love you also. I love you with his love. And I want to see you succeed. I want to see your story change. I want to see you move from being a little scaredy cat, little scared rabbit. Hmm? And I want you to see you become a warrior. Because that's what the Bible says you are. Wickedness and evil is all around us. And the Bible says that God, God says, the wicked are watching the righteous and seeking to kill us. What part of kill you do you not understand? But God says, I will not leave you in your hands. They'll kill you if you don't do something. Paul says, war, a good warfare. Because if you don't, you will encounter shipwreck. I want you wrecked. I want you victorious. The Bible says they look at us. We're accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. They look at us as easy pickings, sheep to be killed. But the apostle says, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Through him, Jesus, who loved us and who gave his life for us. This is who you are. If that's who you are, then operate in that manner. All right. Bible Code 7, my last book, is Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. You need to get that book. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or go to BibleCode7.com. And get that book. It's a must-have book for this time and this season. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Both now until Jesus returns, have yourself an awesome and an amazing night with a capital A. We'll catch you again next Thursday.